Thank you so much, Rebecca. I love being introduced always as the other Rabbi G. It's, it's, sometimes it's good to be number two. Guys? Uh, <laughs> guys, it's great to be here tonight. Um, by the way, Danielle Fairman, nice to see you. It's been a while. Show your face so I can say hi. And everyone else. All right. Hey, we got we to gotta catch up. All right, so um, guys, I have a, uh, I was really torn about what I wanted to talk about tonight, so I just picked one out of a hat, but uh, please tune into my podcast for part two of this conversation, okay? There's so much to talk about, but I decided to talk about everyone's favorite part of Shavuos. What does everyone love about Shavuos, for those of you who have done Shavuos before? The Torah, well, the ice cream part. Okay, Torah is pretty good, but ice cream is even better. Cheesecake. So, so for those of you who, had, who don't know, who aren't familiar, there's a custom to eat cheesecake on Shavuos. And specifically, the custom is to eat milk and honey. And that comes from a verse in Song of Songs, Shira Shirim, that compares the Torah to milk and honey. And I'd really like to understand what that's all about, okay? And I came up with a, a novel idea I want to share with you. Um, but before we do that, I want to start with another very classic problem about Shavuos. Now, there's a debate in the Talmud about holidays. Now, we know on Shabbos you're supposed to eat meals, right? Three meals on Shabbos, everyone, right? What about Yom Tov, holidays? Do we have to eat meals on holidays? What do you guys say? Think so? Jaylene says yes. Julia says yes, Pavel says yes. Okay, well, the reason you're saying yes is because we do have meals on holidays. But according to the Talmud, there's actually a debate. One opinion in the Talmud says, there are two verses in the Torah that talk about holidays. One says it's a holiday for Hashem, for God. And the other says it's a holiday for you. And one opinion in the Talmud, which is the way we follow says that means that your holidays are supposed to be half for God and half for you. That means half the time you go to shul, you daven, you pray, you 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 learn Torah, and the other half, you eat meals, you take a walk with your family, you take a nap. Okay, so that's holidays. It's half for you and half for God. But there's another opinion in the Talmud that says, no, holidays are either all for God, stay in shul, and pray all day, and learn Torah all day, and don't eat, fast, or they're all for you. Eat all day, hang out with the family, no Torah, no prayer. And that there, that is an opinion in the Talmud, okay? That's the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. And that debate goes throughout on every holiday. Sukkot, it's either eat, all eating or all fasting and, and praying. The same with Passover, except Shavuos. Even Rabbi Eliezer says, you gotta eat a meal. Says Rabbi Eliezer on Shavuos, you gotta enjoy yourself. Now, that sounds kind of counterintuitive, doesn't it? Because like the holiday where we're celebrating the giving of the Torah, doesn't it make sense that that's the one you should spend all day in synagogue learning? So why does Rabbi Eliezer say you gotta eat a meal on Shavuos? You gotta enjoy yourself. Anyone want to take a guess? No guesses? 
Okay, but that would be pa- Passover then, I think. Passover, we should have a meal if it's about the suffering in Egypt. That's true. That's true. Shavu is definitely something about life beginning. But again, we got to understand why specifically eating. So, did hey, I think we just, I just heard a class on that. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so let me share with you my idea. And I'll tell you this, the simple answer Rashi says to show that we're happy that the Torah was given on this day. We really have to show that we're happy. Because this is the day, like Julia said, that we became a nation. This is a this is our anniversary. Like Rosh Hashanah is the new year for the world. It's the judgment day for the world. But Shavuos, is, that's really for physical things. Shavuos is the judgment day for spirituality. That's the day when you really have the opportunity to connect to what it means to be a Jew. So this is a huge thing, right? But again, eating, I don't get it exactly. So let's let's try to understand it. So the Talmud tells a famous and very perplexing story that when Moses, when Moshe went up to Mount Sinai to get the Torah, the angels were very confused. They said, God, what's going on? Why is a human, a mortal up here? What's he doing up here? And God said he came to get the Torah. And the angels started flipping out. You're going to give the Torah to a person? How can you give the Torah, which is your most prized possession. How are you going to give that to a human being? And God says to Moshe, Moshe, why don't you defend yourself? Tell the angels why you deserve the Torah. And Moshe gets all flustered. He says, oh God, they're going to burn me up with their fiery breath. And God says, don't worry, I got you. Grab onto my holy throne, the Kisei covered. grab onto my throne and give them an answer. So Moshe grabs onto the throne. He says, God, now he stands up and he becomes like an expert the defense defense lawyer. He says, God, what's in the Torah? And God says, it says, he goes through the Ten Commandments one by one. He says, you should have one God. I am the Lord of God who took you out of Egypt. And Moses says to the angels, were you guys in Egypt? Were you slaves in Egypt? They're like, nope. He says, okay, what else is in it? He says, don't worship idols. He says, angels, you guys worship idols up here? You have any idols up here in heaven? Nope. Nope. Can't answer to that one. Then he says, what else is in it? They say, keep Shabbos. He says, angels, you guys work? Do you guys work six days a week? Nope, no work. What else is in it? Don't swear falsely. Angels, you guys do business? You make oaths? You swear? Nope, don't do that either. What else is in it? Honor your mother and father. Angels, you guys have parents? Nope, don't have parents either. Okay, what else is in it? Don't adulter. Don't murder. Don't be jealous. Angels, you guys have bodies? You guys have jealousy? You guys have a yetahara? You have an evil inclination? Of course, the angels can't answer that one either. So then the angels say, you're right, and they all give him a blessing, they give him a bracha, and Moshe gets the Torah. Okay? Does anyone have any questions on this piece of Talmud? Well, let me ask you one. What's weird about the angels' requests to have the Torah? Like, do you think the angels knew what was in the Torah? They did. They wanted it. They knew what the Torah was. So why were they so upset that that Moshe should get the Torah? Isn't it obvious that the Torah requires uh, something in order to keep it? What do you need in order to keep the Torah? What's a prerequisite for keeping mitzvahs? Anyone? Bodies! Bodies! Julia, you got it right. Your first gut reaction. Always go with the gut. Bodies! 
You can't do mitzvahs without bodies. What were the angels thinking? They know what's in the Torah. They know that every mitzvah is a physical action. Why did the angels want the Torah? So, I believe this is the answer. Is that the Torah is really made up of two components. Actually, four. There are four levels of Torah. There is the simple level of Torah. It's called it's called a... Whatever, I won't go into all the details. But there are different levels of which Torah can be learned. There's the simple level, that's like what you have to do. And the simple explanation. Then there's deeper layers to understanding. And finally, at the deepest level, there's something called the Sod, the Kabbalah, the secrets of the Torah. And on that level, the Kabbalists explain that the Torah is really white, black fire written on white fire. The Kabbalists explain that the Torah is really all names of God. The Torah is, from beginning to end, means of connection to understanding the deepest secrets of the universe. The Torah is actually keys to creation. The Torah has within it the ability to transform the universe, to become a partner with God in creation. So the angels were arguing that the Kabbalah, the power of the Torah, does not belong to us. We can destroy the world with it. It's too much power. So what's the answer? Why does God give it to us then? Why do we deserve that incredible power? And the answer, I believe, in five minutes is as follows. Why did God create a world in the first place? What's the reason for this creation? Why are we here? And for those of you who have hung out in rage long enough, know that the answer is what? Anyone? Why did God create a world? In order to give in order to give the greatest possible pleasure to other. And what is that greatest possible pleasure? Relationship with Him. Kabbalah explains that God created the world in order that we should have a relationship with Him in the lowest places, in a physical reality, where it's not clear, where we have free will, where we don't have clarity, for us to choose to connect to spirituality in the physical world is the reason for creation. As it says in the Talmud, God desired to build a dwelling place below. So the entire purpose of the Torah is to teach us to bring the highest spiritual level into the lowest physical places. That is the definition of Torah. Torah is bringing spirituality into physicality. And that's every mitzvah is a means of connecting to God through the physical world, whether it's putting on leather straps on your arm, or whether it's how you conduct business, or what you wear, how you speak, how you raise your children, what you eat. From beginning to end, the entire Torah is a guide to connecting to God in the physical world. The angels can't even touch that. They have no connection to... They might be able to connect to the spirituality of the Torah, but they can't bring physicality into spirituality. They can't bring spirituality into physicality. That is uniquely human. And why is that so unique? Because if you're an angel, imagine you're an angel for a second, okay? Everyone put on your angel hat. Imagine you're sitting up there with a halo and you're meditating on the oneness of God. Okay? Let's say you had complete clarity on the oneness of God. You're an angel now, okay? How close are you to God? How close are angels to the oneness of God, to truly understanding the infinity of God? Okay. 
Well, not exactly, because angels are, you know how far angels are from God? They're infinitely far. Why? Because God is infinite. So even an angel who's meditating on God's oneness, who has complete clarity of God's existence, is still infinitely off. Because when it comes to touching the infinite, you're always infinitely far. But when it comes to doing God's will, when we do a mitzvah, when you give a coin to charity, to tzedakah, when you keep Shabbos, when you make a blessing over food, when you eat kosher, when you put on a pair of tefillin or pray, if you're doing it as a mitzvah, how close are you to God at that moment? You are 100% connected to God. In the moment that you do a mitzvah, you're 100% doing God's will. Something that an angel can never do. An angel is always infinitely far from God. But when we do what God wants of us, we are 100% attaching ourselves to God. In the language of the Hasidic masters, it's like literally hugging the king. And it doesn't matter that the king is wearing lots and lots of garments. When you hug his like outermost cape, you're still hugging him. That's what happens when we do mitzvahs. We're literally attaching ourselves to God. And that's what happened at Mount Sinai. At Mount Sinai, we became married to God. And now our job is to bring him with us into every aspect of our life. To literally transform the physical world into a spiritual place. That's the purpose of the Torah, to change reality, to transform a mundane physical existence into a utopia, into a Garden of Eden on earth. That is our mission. So now why do we eat milk and honey? Why do we eat cheesecake on Shavuos? Check this out. There are two foods that we eat that do not come from kosher animals. Did you know that? There are two foods that we eat that are kosher that don't come from kosher animals. Do you know what they are? Well, let's take, for example, one that comes from an insect. Are insects kosher? No, most insects aren't, at least, except for some grasshoppers. But we don't, don't try eating those at home. All right? What's an insect that, that, that we eat something from? Honey. Honey comes from bees. Honey is a kosher product that comes from a non-kosher source. There's another thing that we drink, you might not get this one, that comes from a non-kosher source. Milk. What kind of milk? Mother's milk. Are mothers kosher? Don't try eating one at home. Mothers are not kosher, and yet milk is kosher that is drunk from a non-kosher animal. Not only that, but cow's milk is also a little bit not kosher. Why? Because we're eating something from a living animal. And that, you're not allowed to rip a limb off an animal, and yet we can drink the milk that comes out of an, a cow. So these two things happen to be kosher, because the Torah talks about them, the land flowing with milk and honey. But why do we eat these things on Shavuos? Because the whole message of Shavuos is to take something that's not inherently kosher, the world, the physical reality, and to transform it into something that's holy, something spiritual, something kosher. Literally the message, that's why the Torah is compared to milk and honey. Two things that are not inherently kosher, that come from an unkosher source, that become kosher. And that is literally our job, to connect spirituality and physicality, to transform the physical desert that we live in into an oasis of harmony, spirituality, unity, and beauty.
Thank you guys, my friends. I hope we all be blessed. This Shavuot is to connect to the Torah in a deep way, to connect to each other, and to transform in one little way ourselves into more spiritual beings, to bring a little of that angel into the body that we are, because inside us is an angel. And just one mitzvah at a time, we can transform the world. Peace.